This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 543. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Today is a big day. Tuesday, November 12th. Disney Plus is here. We're recording on Monday night, so we don't get to play around with it yet. But this is a really, really big deal. Disney CEO Bob Iger has been saying for about a year now that Disney Plus is the top priority at the company because I guess he sees it as the future of Disney. And this is the first time that every single freaking Disney movie, TV show is going to be available in one place, except for some titles that are now offensive. Pretty much everything's going to be there. They even announced that some Marvel movies are going to be available on launch day. They announced that Monday. Um, Some of them weren't going to be there, including Avengers Endgame and the Captain America titles. Um, But they worked out those deals, those exclusivity deals with whoever currently has the rights. And so those will be there, too. And plus, there's going to be Disney Plus originals like High School Musical, the musical, the series. Uh, Jeff Goldblum has his own show. There's a live action Lady and the Tramp. There's, of course, Star Wars, The Mandalorian. That's the first live action Disney show ever, Um, which interestingly, they have not screened for critics, which is a little worrying. They say, oh, it's because we want to keep the spoilers locked down. But that's never a good sign when they don't show it to the press in advance of it coming out. So we'll see how that is. Big question, though, with all this content available on Disney Plus, what the hell are we going to watch first? Do you two know? I think I think I'm just going to watch The Mandalorian because I got to get in on that water cooler talk. You know, yeah, and by right. water cooler, I mean I need to get on Twitter and join in on the conversation. <laughs> Have you seen the new Star Wars live action series? I heard on Millennial, it's the first one ever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, in contrast to your point about uh, the screening, like, yeah, I guess it could mean that it's not very good and we're all going to be super disappointed. But I just kind of assumed it's it's like an easy way for them to build up suspense. It's like, oh, we can't let anybody see this. You know how like Game of Thrones technically didn't give out screeners to anybody. Right. And I feel like it's kind of their flagship show starting out. Yeah. So it makes sense to me. What are you going to watch first, Laura? Do you know? To be honest with you, I'm so overwhelmed. 
I don't even know where to begin. I might yeah. just fall back on like rewatching Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> a movie that came out five months ago. <laughs> yes. I've looked at the catalog and it's like almost too much. I don't know. I think I'm going to spend the first 24 hours just being like completely overwhelmed and not knowing what to do with myself. So just my normal night browsing Netflix and reverting yeah. back to Friends or Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> the safe choice that you know right, won't let exactly. you down. I, I don't know what to watch first either. I've discussed this with Pat a little bit. He thinks we should watch Snow White just because it was the first ever Disney movie. <laughs> so kind of being corny and... Yeah, but do you really want to watch Snow White? That's like no. kind of a boring one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we're not really sold on that yet. I would just like to watch maybe some of the classic animated movies first. It'll be so cool to have those easily accessible. Um, Disney Plus, a lot of the content is apparently in 4K. So I'm going to be very curious to see how that looks. They have not been available in 4K. That's uh, double the resolution of 1080p, if you don't know what 4K is. So I'm curious that how that turned out. They weren't available in 4K on Netflix or even on iTunes. So I'm I'm ready to get nerdy tomorrow with Disney. And it looks like it's going to be out at 6 a.m. Eastern. At least that's when they're going to start rolling it out. So um, I, we'll, we'll see how that rollout goes tomorrow because I imagine a ton of people are going to be trying to log in at once. Crazy that they're not doing it at midnight. Yeah, I kind of thought about that too because if it's in the middle of the night, less people will hit it at launch. Right. But maybe it's because it, maybe it's like a worldwide thing. I can't remember exactly which territories are getting it at the same time as the United States, but I Some guess others 3 might be. maybe would make more sense if you're looking at Europe too, like lining up time zones. I don't know. Our social media manager says it's just the United States. I know the UK isn't getting it till March. Oh, like, what the hell? Well, that sucks. Yeah, right? Wishful thinking. I'm so sorry for anybody that I, um, you know, built out just now. <laughs> so wait a second. You're telling me the UK might get Brexit before it gets Disney Plus? Yes, that's how <laughs> far away the Disney Plus launch date oh. is. That's just cruel and unusual punishment. Some other exciting news this week here in America, again, only limited to Americans. Instagram has announced that they are going to start removing the like counts from our feeds beginning this week in the United States. Doesn't sound like it's going to roll out to everybody immediately, but they are bringing this test to the U.S. We spoke about this on the show a few weeks ago. I am very excited about it. I think you two are as well. It's just stressful to work for the likes and to worry about how many likes you're going to get. I think this is a really good move, and Instagram is only calling it a test, but I think this is going to be rolled out for everyone everywhere in the months ahead. Woohoo! Yeah, I hope that it creates an environment where stuff feels less manufactured. Like every mm -hmm. time I get on social, I'm like, oh, everything's so fake. Fake, fake, fake. Like every time I scroll, I'm like, this news. is not real. There, You clearly used approximately 8,000 filters on this picture. Your skin is not this clear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unless you use BioClarity. So wait, <laughs> are you saying that their people aren't going to use filters now because they don't need to worry about the likes. <laughs> I think that maybe things will feel just less manufactured in general because people won't be posting to get likes. Does that make sense? Yeah. I definitely feel well, like I could post, I could be posting more because I want all my posts to have lots of likes. So I only post when interesting things are happening to me, which is like once every three months these days. And I know that the, the obviously 
it this is a response to um the self-worth thing like obviously i know that that's like a big reason why instagram is doing this but i can't help but wonder if it's also uh meant to be a direct response to visco which is super popular right now it's been popping off um specifically over the past year because of the rise of you know the visco girl trend but they notoriously don't show like counts so a lot of mm. the gen z um users of this app actually like prefer it even though i think to access everything you have to pay like they would prefer to pay to to use a service like that where yeah. they don't have to be consumed by you know the numbers yeah um and i feel like that speaks volumes especially if they're trying to you know maybe entice those people to come back to instagram yeah. i don't have like the like the the exact numbers for visco but i just do know that you know um it's written about a lot in um, a lot of these culture think pieces as well so i think instagram should get rid of follower accounts next do we really need that on instagram i mean there are some influencers whose entire like marketing budget is based on their follower count so maybe like we can give permission to brands to see those numbers so they can know how much to pay these influencers. But I don't think we in the public need to see those numbers. The one place where I do like to see the, see the numbers are on YouTube, because then I know if a video is really good mm -hmm. or not. Yeah, I think that that's actually I do the same thing. I love to cross reference subscriber count versus view count. Mm. Because I think that that's really interesting. I find the follower counts pretty kind of kind of kind of stressful i don't know i don't i don't care about that as much but i still think it sets up this battle on these social media networks and i can't imagine what this does to middle schoolers and high schoolers like i see my little cousin being like be sure to like my recent be sure to follow me etc cetera, etc cetera. the the most popular people on instagram must sit at certain tables at school these days because it just seems to define who people are. And it's sad. So to hell with that as well. Yeah. Back in my day. Back in my yeah. day. We just passed notes. Anyway, so little announcement. As we prepare for 2020, we have launched a listener survey that we would love for you to take. We want to know what you think we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and what you'd like to see more or less of here on Millennial. This is going to be an anonymous survey. It's only going to take a few minutes of your time. And you can check it out by um, looking for the link on social media and on our website. It's really just going to help us as we plan for the year ahead. So we're very excited to launch this. And we're very excited to hear from everybody. The survey, like I said, is open now. And it's running through Friday, November 22nd. So please just take a minute out of your Disney Plus binging to fill out the survey and don't worry we'll send plenty of reminders so you don't forget to take it because we'd really love to know what you think of the show mm -hmm. and the survey will help us improve everything including our patreon and speaking of our community of financial backers what are we doing in after dark today i think we're just gonna talk a bunch of shit to be honest with you yeah Ooh, i've got some shit lined up me too same man all the tea is gonna be an after dark today note one andrew tell us about your trip so i will tell you about my trip but i'm not gonna tell you where i went rude are you embarrassed i'm not embarrassed i don't want anybody to know where i went because then they're gonna say why didn't you tell me i was there 
Oh. Should we place bets on whether he was in Atlanta or San Francisco? <laughs> that would be really funny. <laughs> that if would... I went to either of those two places, you'd have a right to be pissed at me. But I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Uh-huh. We also got quite a bit of listener feedback about fast forwarding through podcasts and audiobooks in particular. Um, so I'll just preempt reading this feedback by apologizing. <laughs> I think I was kind of shitting on the concept of fast forwarding through podcasts, and it turns out it is really useful for a lot of folks. Becky said, I'm guilty of listening to Millennial at 1.5 speed. Sorry if that's scandalous, but I'm from Australia, and I think Australians tend to speak faster than Americans. So 1.5 speed feels more natural to me. I actually used to listen to Millennial at double speed until Pam joined, but had to slow it down because she speaks a bit faster than Andrew and Laura. And I'm not crazy. Yeah. Um, Apparently, Becky slows it down to listen to the Washington Minute, but she speeds it up for Andrew's jokes because apparently they're funnier at 1.5 speed. (laughs) What? What the hell? Okay. That's Um, flattering, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's your jokes are funnier in Australian cadences. That's my new Twitter bio, Andrew, only funny at 1.5 speed. That's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> it's too bad you're not on dating sites anymore. I feel like that would definitely pique the boys' interest. It's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, you like how fast I can move my tongue at 1.5 speed? <laughs> uh, Christina said, I hate slow talkers. I understand podcasters and YouTubers typically talk slow to speak clearly enough for listeners, but slow talkers just get under my skin. I'm just thinking, get to the point. I won't go to two times speed because it's too much, but 1.25 or 1.5 is perfect. I don't think I'll use this Netflix feature because shows and movies are meant to give you a certain vibe while watching that speed will change, whereas I'm just listening to podcasts and YouTube videos to absorb information. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, podcasts are meant to give you a certain vibe, too. It's supposed to be intimate, soothing tones. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, and Bella said, I listen to audiobooks at higher speeds because it sounds like they're reading in slow motion otherwise. So it sounds normal faster. To Pam's point, I'm used to it. I've read almost 70 books this year. And yes, I process it. <laughs> Good for you, Bella. <laughs> I wonder if these people who make audiobooks, is there like a certain speed that they have to speak at? I wonder if they start talking too fast. The producer is like, no, slow it down, slow it down. People are idiots. They need to uh, hear this at a slower speed. Well, I also think it's because it's really a performance piece at the end of the day, right? So in along the same veins as I think Christina was saying about, um, you know, like movies setting a specific pace to make you feel more embedded in the story. I wouldn't be surprised if the same went for an audiobook recording. Yeah. What I think is so funny is that growing up and in school when we were doing presentations, I feel like we were always taught to slow down when we're doing public speaking. Yeah. Because people tend to be nervous and talk really fast. And the tip that I always got from teachers was talk at half the speed that you think you should be talking and you'll probably be just about right. So that's been huh. that's been what I've done for podcasting pretty much for the last 15 years. And now I feel like we're having this cultural shift where people are like, no, I want to consume faster. And by the way, I do know that I talk fast. (laughs) 
I I think that it's have to do with just I know that I talk faster in Spanish too because it gives me less like I don't trip over my words as much if I get it out faster. But I also feel like it's the Gilmore Girls effect. Like clearly I was very, <laughs> very impressionable when I started watching that show as a teenager. And I feel like that's one of the things that rubbed off. I've so. actually never noticed this that you talk no, faster. No, I don't I don't feel like you talk. Yeah fast my uh my grandpa my mom's dad used to say even when i was younger he was like that girl's gonna be in uh broadcasting because she talks really fast just like the news anchors when they have to hit the times oh and yeah. so it's been a running joke in my family since as long as i can remember but i'm glad <laughs> that i sound normal to you guys <laughs> i just know that it's something that i've been aware of for a while you do well for those of you living a fast-paced life let us tell you about the perfect flats for life on the go rothy's rothy's makes stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles they're really the perfect blend of style and sustainability and have become my most used and loved shoes I've been rocking my pointed flats in plum with baby blue racing stripes for a year and a half and they are still going strong through work date night, countless happy hours and weddings. <laughs> Pam, I know you've fallen in love with your Rothy's too. Yeah, I love that they're machine washable as well. Like I'm going to do laundry tonight and I'm going to pop my Rothy's in there with my sheets. And I just really love knowing that when they come out and they're dry, they're going to look basically brand new. And that's because Rothy's are seamlessly knit using thread made from plastic water bottles. So on top of that, they're also ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. And they're super cute. They launch new colors and designs every few weeks. I've actually got my eye on the spruce prep loafers myself. It'll blow your mind that these things are made from plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills. That's a lot of plastic that isn't floating around in the ocean. And it's the ultimate way to say, okay, boomer, this Thanksgiving without having to open your mouth and argue with your Republican uncle. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. That's rothys.com slash M-I-L-L to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability, these are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L today. Good thing to ask for over the holidays, too, I think. Definitely. So it's time now for Millennials in Media. We started this segment last week. From time to time, we're looking at these headlines, and they're talking about millennial this, millennial that. Well, is it true? We tried to answer that for you. There's a new headline from CNBC this week. Troubling health habits could cost millennials more than 45 hundred dollars a year this new report is from blue cross blue shield my healthcare provider it suggests that millennials could see an income reduction of 375 per month by 2027 due to an increase in the following when compared to gen x rates high blood pressure diabetes high cholesterol nicotine dependence hyperactivity, which is something I had to Google just to make sure I knew what it meant. That means you're too freaking busy. <laughs> and major depression. Half of millennials and 75% of Gen Zers have quit jobs for mental health reasons. So if I'm understanding this correctly, Laura, help me clarify here. It's saying that because we're spending more on healthcare, or is it because we're missing work more due to these... It's a combination of factors. Really what it's looking at is that 
due to the increase in these particular health conditions combined with the fact that we're missing work or quitting jobs, we could be seeing an overall income reduction of $375 a month because of lost wages and spending on health care. Which is a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, that's potentially half of somebody's rent or that's a all car of their health care. Yeah. A really expensive car payment, but that is a car payment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And honestly, I, I mean, I don't have most of these things, but I've definitely had major depression. Mm-hmm. And was I when I was in the throes of that, it definitely impacted my productivity and my work output. So I, this definitely resonates with me. Yeah. 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 That resonates with me, too. I've never quit a job for mental health reasons, but I have taken um, an extended leave of absence. Most recently, I did that, I think, like almost a year and a half ago or two years ago. Um, And I took um, a month and a half off of my second job because I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Mm -hmm. And it really sucks. The good thing is, is like I never called out sick. So I had a bunch of sick time that they could use. But I think about all of these people that that don't have that saved up, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they're they're looking at not having the same amount of income. But see, it sucks because it's kind of this double-edged sword. Like, it was good that you had all that sick time, but the fact that you didn't take any of it in the lead-up to this may be part of the reason why you needed to take the leave from work anyway, you know? Oh, 100%. I know that it contributed to the slow demise (laughs) of my mental state. That's like... I, I don't think that I could even argue with that. But at the time, I don't think I realized that. I just thought I have to come in because if I don't come in, who's going to be doing this job? And then I'm going to be leaving like this person out in the dust instead of stopping to take care of myself. I was literally putting everything and everybody else first. And that's not the way to do things at all. And that it, it adds like, I mean, a, a lot of this too co- comes into the hyperactivity portion of this discussion too. Like I was literally working two full-time jobs and that's crazy and people i know that i'm not the only person that does that like so many people do that yeah and i think this is a big problem especially in american work culture um generally speaking in american work culture you're not really uh encouraged to take your sick days like you might have them but in a lot of workplaces, you end up paying a small price for actually taking sick time, whether it's like missing out on opportunities or having a boss who's just shitty and takes it out on you. That's a reality for a lot of people. And there's something there's something about American work culture that's like you're not working hard enough if you're not suffering and yeah. sometimes it people turn it into like a suffering Olympics. Like, oh, I only slept for four hours last night because I had this big deadline, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, actually, there have been numerous studies that show when people are that overworked and tired, they're not as productive. It's stunning to me how some people like to always talk about how busy they are, whether it's on social media or if you're hanging out with somebody in real life. And they just can't stop talking about it. And I'm like, why do you want to brag about that? Sure, keeping busy can be good. 
But when you talk like being busy is um, you're completely consumed with work, why do you want that? Why do you want to be consumed with work? 50 years from now, if you look back on your life, are you going to be proud of all that work? Or are you going to wish that you spent more time, uh, you know, having a life? I, I catch myself doing this, um, especially if I haven't seen somebody in a while. And I, I was trying to think about why I do this the last time it happened, because I, I always hate myself after mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> I, I don't want to be that person. And yeah. I think it's just because we equate being busy with being successful. Yep. So the yeah. more I have coming down the pipeline, the less this person has to worry about me. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially yeah. like in my line of work, which is like freelancing, people just are like, oh, like, how do you even like live? How are you not like living under the bridge? And so I think that I have a tendency sometimes when, you know, I I, I get defensive over the way people are asking me questions about work to make myself seem so busy so that, you know, the, the success rate sounds higher. And it's something to say. We all say here on the show that we really don't do much in real life, which sometimes I don't know if that's really true, but it's better. So when you're socializing with somebody, when they ask you, how's life? You can't just say, good, I'm working. You have to color that a little bit. So I'm working and I'm so busy. (laughs) Whenever I socialize with people, usually my go-to line is, oh, good, keeping busy, keeping busy. (laughs) (laughs) same old same old (laughs) sometimes i don't know what to say it's just the thing is too is like i I just i think that um i just want to dodge the oh have you tried this you know like it's almost like if you're not busy enough people are people are out there that will be like oh like maybe you should do this too because clearly you have the time yeah (laughs) which is so awful yeah well the thing that's really disturbing about these six um health conditions is that things like high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, and nicotine, well, not nicotine dependence, but those top three, those are certainly things that can be caused by your physical habits, like a lack of working out or not eating correctly. But you are also at higher risk for these things if you suffer from major depression. Mm -hmm. So it's entirely possible that you could develop one of these conditions from being depressed. And with the rise in anxiety and depression in our generation, it's even worse in Gen Z. We're looking at a higher risk of these things because of that. I mean, like I know when I was in grad school, I didn't have high blood pressure, but my blood pressure was elevated. Mm -hmm. And every time I like went to the school clinic, I like they would be like, oh, yeah, you're you're a little bit elevated. But, you know, that's just everybody who's in grad school. So, yeah, it'll go. You know, every (laughs) it'll go down. I've gone to the hospital and they've said that to me and then they go, oh, you're just stressed because you're here. Yeah. Like they never bothered to ask about anything else. Oh, geez. I think it's considered white coat syndrome that some people are just naturally a little bit stressed. And so if you're like slightly elevated from, I think the normal range is like 120 over 70, which is like the sweet spot. So if you're like 130 over 80, I think that's only considered slightly elevated. And they kind of chalk that up to being like, oh, you're nervous because you're in a doctor's office. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where yeah. I was. Like I was in that range in grad school and they were like, oh, yeah, are you working on your thesis? 
They were like, graduate, you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> like that's normal, right? Yeah. And it's it's <laughs> fucked up. Cause that's not good for you. No, and for them to just blame it on that and move on, that's pretty bad. I mean, they were right. Once I graduated and wasn't in that environment anymore, I became completely normal. <laughs> so oh, okay. Well, <laughs> great docs then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna become a doctor and just tell people that at schools. Oh, it's just because you're here. That's why you broke your ankle. You'll be fine once you leave. Yeah, stop taking out student loans for this shit. What are you yeah. doing? What are you trying to do? Pay my bills? <laughs> well, that's some interesting data and something for us to be aware of going forward because Definitely. it completely makes sense that we might be facing these types of income reductions. And so the lesson here is try to relax. Don't go to grad school. Yeah, don't. Unless don't somebody's smoke. paying for it for you, don't do it. Um, also, use Morgan's um, meditation from a couple episodes ago. Oh, yeah. Put that on a leaf and let that shit go. <laughs> All right. What else is going on, Pam? I feel like my story this week is borderline WTF news, but that's not what we're doing today. Uh, it is kind of <laughs> crazy, though. Uh, so if you're familiar with old Hollywood or you're into old school film, you are likely familiar with James Dean. And even if you're not, I mean, he's iconic. Um, he had, I think he only did like three movies before he died in his early 20s. Oh, he's wow. actually been dead for over 60 years, but that hasn't stopped two directors from casting him posthumously in their upcoming action drama. So this is a Vietnam War era film called Finding Jack and it was trending along with James Dean uh, this past week because of their decision to posthumously cast Dean in a secondary character role. Um, this was just so weird because I was reading the statements from these directors and they said, quote, we searched high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan which has some extreme complex character arcs. And after months of research, we decided on James Dean so they did obtain the rights to use Dean's image from his family, and Dean's estate is currently run by two cousins on his father's side. But it's just mind-boggling to me that you could set out to make a movie, and instead of, you know, holding open casting calls to find somebody that kind of has the same energy as a fallen film star, you just decide, you know what, like, fuck it. We're just going to use somebody that's dead and see if they'll let us do it. Yeah. So... That's where we're at here. They're clearly not going back on this despite the backlash. They actually made a follow-up statement saying that they don't really understand why people were so upset and then said, we never intended this to be intended this to be a marketing gimmick. Because I guess people are kind of accusing them also of doing this so that more people will be aware of their movie. So fuck? even if that's not the case, it definitely worked. No, that is the case. They are casting CGI James Dean to star in this movie so they can put in trailers that James Dean rises again and he's starring in his first right. new movie in 50, 60 years. That's crazy. That's nonsense. This is creepy, right? Yes. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's creepy. Hollywood is all about the spectacle. This is definitely going to encourage people to go see it. I'm sure some people, particularly the older generations, will want to go out and feel like they're seeing a new James Dean movie again. It's going to bring back a lot of nostalgia for them. This would make me uncomfortable. It should make the estate uncomfortable. I guess the estate is making some decent money off of this. I would think so, mm -hmm. too. And, and whatever agency they're with as well, because I'm sure they have to 
have some kind of agency involved. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I guess at best it's a marketing scheme at worst. It's, it's just a way for the family to make a quick buck either mm-hmm. way. I, I think that I definitely understand why this left such a sour taste in people's mouths. Now I would be sort of okay with this. If this was a James Dean biopic, I think that could kind of be cool, but to cast the CGI James Dean in a new movie in which he's playing somebody else, that feels weird. Yeah, I was going to ask if there are any circumstances in which we wouldn't find this weird. Like, I think about Rogue One, where um, they recreated Peter Cushing's likeness to play Tarkin. But that was only for like 10 seconds. It was a little, little longer than that, but it was definitely a shorter portion of the movie and to me it made sense in the context of the narrative that Mm -hmm. he would have been there at that point in the story so oh sorry my dog started barking (laughs) no james dean (laughs) yeah i i mean i think that there are some circumstances like andrew was saying about maybe it being a biopic where it would be okay but um this definitely kind of freaks me out and I do not believe for a second that this studio was not doing it as a marketing ploy. <laughs> There's just no way. The question I kind of wanted to end on was, does this set a dangerous precedent? But then I also was kind of thinking about how this isn't even the first time we've heard of, you know, um, just like legendary uh, actors and even also like recording artists specifically being resurrected in um cgi form or even hologram form to continue turning a profit um i feel like we've here we've been hearing about this a lot over the years in terms of musicians so like i guess whitney houston's family and their estate is working on maybe doing a whitney houston tour posthumously and selena who laura and i are huge fans of her family has been talking about doing this for years and years and years. And it's something that I feel like has never sat well with a good majority of fans of these people, but it's clearly something that the families that run these estates have an interest in doing. And I don't really understand why. So I actually, I, like you said, I'm a huge fan of Selena, but sometimes I feel like her family is trying to keep like keep milking this thing because <laughs> they repackage and re-release her music a lot. Oh, I hate that. And so this is a sentiment that the Latin X community has had since Selena tragically died at the age of 23 in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It, it's like this is why every time there's a new project, it's hard to get excited about it if you were embedded in her story from the beginning. Because if you even look at the biopic, right, the biopic that shot Jennifer Lopez's stardom when she played Selena came out in 1997, two years after Selena died. How long does it take to make a movie? Yeah, so they... It's like the body wasn't even cold yet yeah. before they signed that contract. There's no way. And the thing is, I liked the movie. But definitely in retrospect, as an adult, the timing is very uncomfortable. And I love some of the stuff they've done. Like they came out with a Selena makeup line with Mac. I think stuff like that is cool. 
I think you can do that to keep her legacy alive and still make money off of it. But I really don't need to see like a reanimated version of Selena. She's been dead longer than she was alive at this point. And you need to just let her rest. It's for the nostalgia, like I said earlier, I guess. And of course, if you go to a concert, that really brings back a lot of fond memories from people. For right. for people. Also, I'm wondering, what if CGI James Dean is a shitty actor? That's going to tarnish his image. Right. So that's the other thing. Apparently, they obviously, um, they're going to have to cast somebody to voice him because they can't do that right. with technology yet. Yet is the key word, right? Because deep fakes are getting really good. But also, I'm assuming that they're going to do some kind of motion capture, kind of like you know, um, we've seen Andy Circus do in multiple projects. Yeah. So there's already going to be somebody kind of playing him, but not. Right. Yeah. And what if he doesn't emote well? Well, and there's also just the uncanny valley effect as well. I think that's the one thing they haven't really gotten beyond with this CG of people at this point. Hmm. So, I mean, they will eventually, but it does make me wonder if we're going to start seeing celebrities establishing in like their final will and testament that I do not want to be recreated posthumously. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure Prince said that vocally many times and they still, you know, had him performing at the Super Bowl halftime show a few years ago. Yeah, but you know how this country is. You get it. You got to get everything in writing. Verbal That's agreements true. mean nothing. <laughs> yeah. No loopholes. Get yourself a good lawyer. <laughs> Seriously, we might have to do that for this podcast. Be like, I do not want vocal recreations. <laughs> Once I'm dead, I'm no dead. No CGI me. No playing sound clips of me. <laughs> no playing me back at 1.5 speed. <laughs> I'm glad you put that in there because somebody would be like, uh-uh-uh, he didn't say we couldn't speed him up. Yeah, Yeah, he's exactly, funnier at 1.5 speed anyway. Oh, uh, maybe, I, maybe I should only be played back at 1.5 speed <laughs> in that case. I'm going to listen back to an old episode and uh, 1. play 5 you 1.5 speed. speed and see. <laughs> Andrew, I listened faster and you're actually funny. I'm actually laughing now. I actually like you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, on to some other feedback. We actually heard from a listener, um, Lily, who lives in Hong Kong. And she had some feedback about our Hidden from the Headlines last week. She said, I live in Causeway Bay, where most of the mass protests have taken place. And there have genuinely been weekends where myself and my boyfriend haven't been able to leave our flat most of the day. Protesters have set the subway exits on fire and smashed up pro-China businesses. The police have indiscriminately fired tear gas into MTR stations and residential blocks, and there's footage of them savagely beating young people unconscious. There's also a big divide of public opinion between old and young, with my boyfriend's parents calling the protesters thugs and feckless, lazy youth, while the young people in my school wear blackface masks to school and shout chants and sing protest anthems. 
Just one fact check from the episode, the Hong Kong protesters aren't calling for independence in the same way regions like Catalonia are. This is a common misconception, however, as there were some people advocating for it a few years ago. This movement, however, has been triggered by two decades of uncertainty about Hong Kong's future as an open, prosperous city with freedom of speech. Residents are rightly very nervous about what could happen in 2047 when those... Um, freedoms are set to expire. Mm, interesting. So thank you for that, Lily. Appreciate the perspective there. Yeah. And be you. safe. A new study has found that some grads would spend a week in jail to cancel their student loan debt. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But first, I want to tell you about our next sponsor of the week, Joybird. Fall is the season for all things cozy, and there's no better place to snuggle up with a good book and tea than your very own home. Don't I know it after being away for a few days in a mystery city? And to add to that coziness, you need furniture that is uniquely you. So whether you're hosting a family at Thanksgiving, your own Friendsgiving, or just want to spend a night in, with Joybird, you'll be doing it your way. Joybird helps you do that because it doesn't matter if you're more of a neutral beige or blue or purple, green, orange, whatever. If you can dream it, Joybird can build it. In addition to their insane level of customizability, Joybird offers two more unique features. If you need help designing your perfect piece of furniture, Joybird offers free personal design consultants to help you go from inspiration to creation. If you're anything like me, you stress over every little detail, which may lead you to get stuck and not make any decisions. Luckily, Joybird is there to help you make smart choices. The other cool benefit of going with Joybird is that they give you a 365-day home trial. Skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home, and you'll get free returns within the first two weeks of delivery. Create furniture that matches your own fearless style at joybird.com millennial25. See how Joybird can help make your dream space a reality today at joybird.com millennial25. Again, go to joybird.com slash millennial25 and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code millennial25. All right. Well, Pam and I called it a few weeks ago. CBS is reporting that some grads would spend a week in jail to cancel their student loan debt. Um, we were inspired to make that prediction based off of Felicity Huffman's um, just horrible two-week prison sentence in a white-collar facility where she got to sunbathe and watch TV. Uh, and actually, <laughs> she got turned loose a few days early. So um, we were all kind of like, hey, if we could get the Felicity Huffman treatment, I would totally go to jail to cancel my student debt. <laughs> So I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to see, like, would we actually be down to do this? Well, first of all, why would you deserve Felicity Huffman's treatment? How about you go through jail like a real prisoner? <laughs> because she got to go to, like, basically staycation jail for mm -hmm. defrauding universities out of tens of thousands of dollars and getting her child in undeservedly pam and i actually earned our fucking degrees and paid for them <laughs> that's true okay fair point it doesn't have to be like i don't need them to roll out the red carpet just like a low security prison would be nice you know yeah i don't want to get i don't want to die to get my right, loans exactly. paid off I'm not trying to get shanked <laughs> in the middle of the night but make out with some women in the shower Sneak some cell phones around. 
do some drugs. I mean, sure. So something that I think would be interesting to consider here is there are certain caveats to student loan forgiveness programs that exist already, like the fact that when I finish paying off my loans in 22 years, um, there will be a a substantial portion of my loan uh, balance that'll be forgiven at that point, because at the end of the 25 years, it's for whatever is left is forgiven. But the amount that is forgiven gets counted against you as taxable income the following year. So how would we feel about that still applying to this prison sentence? Like if we went to jail for a week and then the following year they were like, hey, you had like $80,000 forgiven. So that's going to count as $80,000 towards your income for last year. Would we be down still? Oh, that's kind of fucked up, though, because yeah. you're not making that. Right. But they do it now as it stands. I know, yeah. but that's still fucked up. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, as somebody who has dealt with soul-crushing tax bills from the government, I know you can pay it off in monthly installments. So <laughs> at least you'd be able to pay it off in monthly installments if you were put in that situation. But then you're back where you started. Yeah, but it's not right. well, no, not necessarily because there's not interest on that and you have to pay it off over the course of like a year, not 30 years. Right, but if I think about my if I think about my student loan debt um which I'm set to pay off over the course of 25 years and I got that all forgiven over the course of one week and then I owed a tax burden on that amount for one year. I would basically be back where I was, <laughs> minus some of the interest, maybe. So this study says that 89% would go to jail to have their loans cleared. Like, that is a stunningly high number to me. Do people not watch Orange is the New Black? That <laughs> puts the puts the prison system in a pretty poor light. Plus, it's been receiving a lot of attention recently um, because of prison reform efforts, thanks to people like Kanye and Kim Kardashian. I just don't believe that if push came to shove, people would go into prison for this. Look, you just become like super religious or somebody's bitch and keep your head down for however long. Mm-hmm. I would do yeah. it for a week. If it were yeah. a week, I would do it. Um, I would go in and probably get into a fight to establish my dominance so that I don't get killed in that week. No, actually, hey, I would. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I feel like you're more likely to get killed if you do that. Really? Uh, maybe that's just another yeah. prison stereotype that we're led to believe. I-, I don't know. And then it's like maximum security versus, you know? Yeah. If it's minimum security, that's a no. That's a no brainer. If it's maximum security, I don't want to die to repay Yeah, I don't want to die either. Um, but we're already like dying over this crippling student loan debt. So yeah. And the thing that's really interesting about this study is that the reason that so many people said they'd be willing to go to jail for a short period of time is that they kind of feel like their student loan debt is a form of life sentence, because mm-hmm. we are stuck paying it off for such an extended period of time. And it's not even like we're really making a dent in what we actually borrowed. I've talked about on the show before how I pay $300 a month to my student loans, and it all goes towards the interest. Yeah. Yeah, You're basically just treading water. Yeah. I am basically paying the government $300 a month not to fuck my credit. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. 
the thing is, too, is like the the whole reason that we were sold more so than past generations on actually going to school and getting a degree is because we were supposed to come out of the the other end making bank, you know, like it should have been a non-issue to be able to pay it back. Mm -hmm. But then with like, um, you know, like the the cut. Like, I don't know if you dealt with this, Laura, but like going to California state school, there were budget cuts. A lot of semesters, like I had to take classes that I didn't really need because the class that I needed to to finish, you know, a certain portion of a major wasn't being offered. Stuff like that really screwed over a lot of people who ended up having to stay in school a lot longer and take out more and more money. Yeah, that's actually an issue that Mark is dealing with at his school because he goes to a state school as well. And while his program is really good, he's a senior, but yet they're telling him, oh, it could be three more semesters. And it's like, well, wait a second, a senior, that equals two semesters. That is one year of school. And it's just sort of right. commonplace and accepted that like, oh, yeah, if you go somewhere that's having budget cuts, don't expect to graduate in four years because it's not going to happen. Mm hmm. There were a few other things that respondents to this poll said they would be willing to do. Um, <laughs> shaving your head. Yeah. I would do that to get my, my debt canceled. <laughs> I think I would cry, but I would probably join you. Oh, I'm yeah. very vain and strangely attached to my hair, but... Oh, girl, I love my hair. I am my <laughs> like, it. My hair, I feel like, is one of my, like best features and i'm just it is a crown jewel yeah and and your hair is so gorgeous and like i would probably i would cry with you no andrew you don't you don't understand i'm just i'm just laughing at uh, you two sucking each other off over your hair (laughs) but it's Uh, like laura has really nice hair for real how about my hair i don't think you guys understand because i've seen it in person and for how much you dye it it's beautiful it's not dry because I no use split ends. Olaplex. Well, there you go. Look, as long as I can donate all the hair I shaved to, you know, a good cause, like locks of love. Yeah. Is that even that bad, though? Because, okay, I get what you're saying, but your hair will grow back and you can wear a hat or a wig in the meantime. You can. No. And the thing is, neither of us is saying that we wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's just... Getting hair as long as both of our, because we both have really long hair, it would take literal years to get it back to where it was. Because you have to cut it shorter before you can actually start growing length. Yep. So it would be definitely a sacrifice, but it would be one I'd be willing to make. Um, Another one that folks are willing to do is walk to work for a month. Sure, jokes on you guys because I work from home. <laughs> I would not be lazy for a month. Wow, good on you. Thanks for helping Earth for a month. Yeah, my work is like seven miles each way. So yeah. it would kind of suck, but I would do it. I mean, if somebody came to me and they were like, we will forgive all of your debt, you have to walk to and from work every day, I'd do it. It would suck. I would want to see if there were any loopholes. Like, can I hitchhike? Can I take an electric scooter? Yeah. Oh, or can you work remotely half the week? Yeah. I would Seven, do it, though. That is a long walk, obviously. And I wonder... I'd lose a lot of weight, though. So... <laughs> yeah, you'd be so fit by the end of that. I wonder how long most people's walk actually is. Because I think if you said yes to this, you probably have... You're probably a short distance away from 
your place of work. Right. Like if you're a mile or less away from work, that's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Also, these people are probably assholes and and just assume that they would cheat anyway. It's true. But what if there's like some omnipotent power watching you so you can't cheat? And if you do cheat, your student loan debts are doubled. Yep. No. So you can't like shave your hair off, but then make a wig out of it and then just wear it. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I would just buy a cheap wig <laughs> off of Amazon. I mean, at this point, you know. Yeah. And then the other option, and this is the one I feel iffy about, would you be willing to relive high school to repay your student loans? Yeah, you know what? I would do that. I feel like that would be a cakewalk. I actually enjoyed high school in a lot of ways, so I wouldn't mind this. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So I was homeschooled for most of high school, so that part would be fine. Uh, the part where I spent my freshman year in the public high school i would not want to relive that that was awful Mm. i got bullied somebody pissed on my backpack like it was not a fun time yeah that's fucked up (laughs) but if the idea is that i get to relive high school knowing what i know now (laughs) and with the personality and the assertiveness that i currently possess that might be better and actually kind of satisfying yeah i mean realistically that's like the only way this could feasibly work it's not like they're gonna brief every high school student at the school you'd have to go to and be like look this is laura she's trying to pay off her student loan debt so make sure you piss in her backpack because we need her to relive (laughs) the traumatizing (laughs) times over you you could punch that person before they pee on your backpack yeah i could also just tell a lot more people to go fuck themselves go fuck yourself i'm a muggle caster And one day I'll do a Twilight podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you might thrive now. You know, it's all about internet celebrity startup. I'm a podcaster before podcasts are even cool. Uh, It's so funny how the tables have turned. I used to be embarrassed of being a podcast. Yeah, we were speaking about this recently. (laughs) Yeah. It, It wasn't always cool to be as nerdy as we are now. Oh, yeah, I would thrive now. Back in the day, we'd be called losers for getting excited about Disney+. Plus. Now only about half of our audience calls us losers for getting excited about Disney+. Plus. Well, that's interesting data. Yeah, I'd yeah. still do it. Whoever the 2020 candidate is for the Democrats should <laughs> propose this. We've spent so much time talking about student loan debt and the effects it has on people's lives that I'm not surprised that people would go to extraordinary lengths to get that debt removed. And it's a sad uh, state of affairs when we have to be thinking about these types of things and, and fantasizing about them. Yeah, it it really is something that I've legit thought about right? on more well, than one occasion. It's also like dreaming about buying a house or having a family or, I don't know, moving to a different country. Like, gosh, what I wouldn't do for these seemingly rare opportunities like paying off student loan debt or any debt or getting my credit cards under control, having a house, having a family, having a car. Being able to pledge to Millennial on Patreon. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Time now for our confessional. I was a virgin when I started dating my now husband at 22 years old. At the time, I was embarrassed that I was so old and hadn't had sex. So I told him that I had slept with someone before him. Now it's seven years later and we've been married for four years and he still doesn't know that he's the one who took my virginity. I feel really guilty for lying to him back then, but I don't know what I should do about it. Am I, I don't know, maybe I am alone in this, but 
I don't think this is a huge deal. No. I don't think he'll be upset. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be turned on. I think he could probably just laugh about it. Yeah. I think if any, I mean, if he was a good husband, I would think that, you know, and and obviously we have no reason to believe that he's not uh, based on what you've written. I just feel like he'd be like, oh, I wish you had told me because I would have I would have made sure that you were okay. Or I would have asked you if there was something I could do to ease your worries. And I think it's completely normal to pretend that you had had sex with somebody else because social stigma is it's just not as cool to admit. So I think he would understand where you had been coming from at the time. As for waiting for so long, it'll be a fun story to uh, retell over some drinks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. What you but should do honestly, is honestly like I don't know if it's. I mean, if you really feel like you want to come clean about this, you should. If it's bothering you that much, but at the same time, I just don't. I don't feel strongly about what you should do here, one way or the other, because I don't think that this thing really impacts your relationship. Virginity is such a stupid social construct that we make it seem like when you have sex, you're losing something. It's like, no, you're having a really important life experience. Right. As evident by this line where you tell us that you were embarrassed because you were so old. Like, there's no right or wrong time to have sex. So. I think you should tell him because he's going to really enjoy it. And maybe (laughs) record the revelation. And then maybe send it to us. Oh, my God, Andrew. <laughs> okay, don't send it to us. I mean, all of that is to say, I, I really like to take a cue from our friends, Sarah and Morgan here. Um, this is not a replacement for therapy. So if if you really feel like this is something you need to dig to the bottom of and figure out like what's going to be right for you or your partner, you might want to talk to somebody just to kind of suss out those details. But honestly... It just it's such a shame. And we set people up for a lot of failure by making virginity such a big deal. So I wouldn't treat this like a huge deal because it's really not. Yeah, it's not. So don't talk to anybody. Just do it. Do it right now. Pause this podcast. (laughs) Bring it down to 0.5 speed and go tell them him. (laughs) I lost my virginity. How about how about we tell him? Let's record something right now, and then you can play it back for him. Hey, babe, I got something for you to hear. Hi, sir. It's Andrew from Millennial. I have something to tell you. Your wife, she was actually a virgin when you uh, did the deed that first time. I know she, she was performing like a pro, but that was her first time, believe it or not. And she's been afraid to tell you. But we encouraged her to tell you because it's not a big deal. And you're just getting a kick out of it, right? I know. It's funny, isn't it? (laughs) I hope she's recording this. Okay, bye. We really are a one-stop shop here at Millennial, huh? We just take care of everything. Yeah. Oh, that could be a new Patreon benefit. Like, 
yeah. subscribe at this level and like, we have will... some bad news you want to break <laughs> we'll, we'll do, do it, it for, for you, you. <laughs> we'll record personalized messages please to... yes please yes however we're gonna have to hire personal security in case these people is that the physical who... gift for next year <laughs> oh, my God. oh that'd be awesome yeah tell us what it's you want us like to record us recording whatever these people want that'd be so cool <laughs> that'd be a blast um if you yeah seriously i'm all about this and i would formally like to request 50% of the messages people want to give like their exes who suck because I'll be ruthless. <laughs> I'll be such a bitch. It, Even if you don't fun. know the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, something else you should never be embarrassed about is finding the right bra for your tatas. Lots of women are wearing the wrong size and don't even know it, which is where our next sponsor, Third Love, can help. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind. All breasts are unique, so why should women have to wear bras that are generally only geared towards one shape? Third Love takes into account shapes like Belle, Relaxed, East-West, and more. Plus, every customer gets 60 days to wash it, wear it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and give it to a woman in need. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash millennial now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash millennial for 15% off today. Hey, Laura. What? I'm a patron. Could you please uh, read this message and then I'll send it to my ex? <laughs> Wait, is this real? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Hey, <laughs> asshole. Why do you have to go back to Michigan and fuck your ex? Perfect. Thank you. Bitch. I'm going to isolate that and I'm going to pop it in the mail. It's great. Um, so I just wanted to say every time I do a third love read, I feel like I'm always like gesturing towards my boobs throughout the read. Ooh. As you should. We have an idea for a new benefit in 2020, kind of a new benefit in 2020. <laughs> and that'll be perfect for that oh, new benefit. God. Just like especially the part about like breast size and shape. I'm like gesturing towards my chest. <laughs> You're modeling like Vanna White models like some letters. Weird Vanna White. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel passionate. I own several of their bras though. So they are it's really a real nice. endorsement. <laughs> All right, we do have a would you rather for this week. I think this is gonna be interesting on this panel. I think we're gonna get some varied answers. So would you rather be able to detect any lie you hear? Or get away with any lie you tell. I think I want to be able to detect any lie that I hear. Because I'm just so over the bullshit. I think I kind of have a good lie detector built into me. Sometimes I feel pretty confident when I know somebody is lying. But I would like to know it all the time. And then I can... Remove that person from my life immediately. I feel I also feel like I have a really good built in lie detector, but I don't think I would want to be able to detect any lie I hear because people tell lies all the time about stupid stuff that doesn't matter. So, like, I don't really need to know when somebody's telling me a white lie, for example. And I feel like if I had that alarm going off in my head all the time, it would drive me crazy. Mm -hmm. I really don't lie very often. And 
it's this sounds terrible, but like the only time I I would genuinely lie about something is if I felt like not lying would prove very detrimental to the person or the situation. Yeah. So if it's high stakes enough that I do need to lie about it to protect somebody, I definitely want to get away with it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I would want to be able to get away with any lie I tell. That's well reasoned. I would also go with that option. Um, mostly because uh, I feel like I, I would be too scared to get my feelings hurt if if I found out somebody was lying to me. Yeah. I just I would like to remain blissfully oblivious for things like Laura said that like lies that don't really matter that much. And and for the bigger stuff I do kind of feel like like you guys I I kind of know when people are being honest and truthful. So mm-hmm. Isn't it yeah. awkward purely though? selfishly? Isn't it awkward when you know somebody's lying to you? Yes. Yeah. You're like, it's like uh, you're I'm not going to tell me. you, but also I'm I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and sometimes if I can tell somebody's like telling me a white lie, I'll push it a little bit and just like ask more clarifying questions. Right. Like, oh yeah, well, like what happened then? Oh, really? That happened because I heard you were doing something completely different. Right. Caught. It's like, um, yeah. but didn't I just see on Instagram stories that you're actually out tonight? Oh my so that that kind of ties into one of my things on After Dark because I had a conversation with somebody about something and then they went and posted on Facebook something that was that completely contradicted what they told me. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, my God, why are you an idiot? (laughs) (laughs) And that person wishes they could get away with any lie that they tell. (laughs) Right. And it wasn't really a lie even. It was just like, wow, you totally flip flopped on your position there okay yeah part of lying is you definitely do have to be intelligent so you can cover all your bases and not screw up in hindsight yeah you have to commit to the facade right right paint that whole picture in your head before you start going to tell people and then stick with it every little detail detail, but not too detailed Uh uh-huh yeah if there are too many specific details in a story i'm like "Mm, this is bullshit like (laughs) There is no way this happened to you. Like, not that many things could not possibly have happened to you in that kind of sequence. Right. So just mm-hmm. stop. That's, I think that's sometimes why, like, when crazy things happen, I take pictures of the things so I could be like, no, look, I'm serious. <laughs> this is the thing that happened today. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and, and this kind of relates to our earlier conversation, but if I get sick, um, I feel a need to, like, justify that i'm actually sick so that people yeah. don't think i'm just like trying to fuck off for the day yeah it's, yeah it's i do stupid. the same thing you like one time to. i had pink eye which is like what adult gets pink eye and i felt like my even though my manager was like oh, okay that's fine i felt the need to take a picture of my eyes <laughs> oh yeah well i guess that's partially because of our own insecurities but yeah. i also have to say as somebody who manages a lot of people at hypeable I've encountered a lot of writers over the years who just make up excuse after excuse after excuse. And it gets to the point where you're like, how could all these things be happening to this one person? So 
if you're that type of person, I am expecting some evidence from you because I am sick of all these excuses as to why your shit is consistently late. Screw you. You're lying because you're just a mess and you can't stay organized. Really? Oh, my gosh. Some people. Uh, See, I'm uh. overcompensating for all of them when I send you links to say like, Half of my county burning. <laughs> Mass power outage. I'm definitely not referring to Pam, but we've had to let some people go over the years who just, man, every week it was something different. And some of the, some of the excuses. Oh, you didn't get my message I sent in Slack? Um, Yeah, and you know I didn't get any message from you because it tells you if the message doesn't send. I also just like, this isn't a thing now, but... Definitely in past work experiences, I definitely remember the people who were always conveniently sick every Friday. Yeah. Oh, right before a three-day weekend? Yep. And I, it was just like so painfully obvious because <laughs> it was the same couple of people and they did it again and again and mm-hmm. again. And they were also the ones who like were perpetually stoned when they came to work. So it was just oh like- Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's what being 25 was like. Time now for recommendations. Pam, why don't you kick them off? I wanted to recommend the His Dark Materials series adaptation on HBO, which officially premiered last Monday. There's a new episode that will already be out by the time this goes live. I've been really enjoying this. Um, I feel like the pacing is really good in terms of, you know, the way that the book moves through the story versus what we saw in the first episode. And I'm really excited to watch episode two later on tonight. So if you haven't checked that out, would highly recommend. Would you recommend this to people who have not read the books? (sighs) You know what, that's kind of hard, because I've heard mixed reactions, to be honest with you. I do kind of feel like just in general, like when you look at the book, The Golden Compass, there's a lot of setup before you get to like the really action packed part. So I do kind of feel like the same kind of goes with the first episode. It's not Mm. not enticing, but there is a lot of uh, building up and like introducing of characters. And I really do feel strongly... um, that, you know, in this coming episode or even in the third, we're really going to get to kind of the more actiony sequences because she's already the main character, Lyra, is already on her way to London. So if you've read the books, okay. then you'll know that that's really when things start to pick up speed. Yeah, I'm excited to see this. So if you don't like making up excuses when you are late for a social event or an appointment, may I recommend a little known Google Maps feature? Remind me when to leave. So it's kind of hidden, and that's why I call it little known. I think you really have to be poking around to find it. Google Maps can tell you when it is the right time to leave based on traffic and uh, you know the time you need to walk and the time you need to catch the train, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So if you pull up a set of directions and then you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the directions, there's a little box that says remind me to leave on time and then you can set when you want to leave by or arrive by i've been using this a lot lately and i really love it because then i don't have to keep checking the clock keep checking google maps to make sure that i do show up on time i just wait for google's notification hey andrew it's time to leave the place take a little walk then hit the train then walk a little more and you'll be at your destination a couple minutes early I think this is super cool and everybody should be using it. I didn't know that you could do this on your phone. Yeah. I've definitely used it before on the desktop version, but that's this is like a game changer. I'm going to use this tomorrow. I didn't know it was on desktop. 
Thanks for the info. There you go. I want to recommend Duncan's Beyond Sausage Breakfast Sandwich. <laughs> um, at least in my area, they finally have the Beyond Meat Sausage to use on breakfast sandwiches there. I had it for the first time today and it was good. I've enjoyed all of the Beyond Meat products that I've had so far. And this, I will say, was like very comparable to a breakfast sandwich. Um, the flavor was very sausagey. The only thing I'll say, and it's like for any of these plant-based uh, meat replacements, the texture's not quite there yet, mm. but I think they'll get there. Eventually. I had it as well. I was there opening day for the Beyond Breakfast sandwich. You would. <laughs> it was pretty good. I didn't find it as sausagey as I was expecting, but I would definitely get it again because I want to support Duncan introducing Beyond mm-hmm. Meats. I will also say I am loving Duncan's Holiday Cups this year. They are pink and cheery as F. Man, my Duncan doesn't have Holiday Cups. Oh, just you wait. Just you wait. You know what, though? My Duncan does offer the uh, drink holders. So oh, the, like, yeah. Drink koozies. Yeah, so your hand doesn't so. burn. Well, mine right. still doesn't. I'd rather have those <laughs> than the Holiday Cups, I think, because it's really <laughs> painful. If you have anything to say about today's show, we would love to hear from you. Just email us directly, millennialshow at gmail.com, or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. We also have the confessional there if you wish to submit something anonymously. We would also love if you followed us on social media. Username Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You will be able to stay up to date on the show. We post uh, clips from the show, previews of the show. By the way, I forgot to mention that I tweeted on the Millennial Show twitter account earlier what are you going to watch first on disney plus kaylee said dcoms baby sarah also said dcoms colin said snow white had the same idea pat did written that way said scream team kate said lizzie mcguire so thank you to everybody who submitted various uh suggestions and good luck to everybody as they dive into disney plus today coming up in today's installment of after dark we're just going to be talking a lot of shit andrew's going to talk shit about his trip uh we're going to talk about shit about like cohabitation and marriage i'm going to talk shit on somebody i know pam's going to talk shit about a lady she sat next to in the movies it's going to be so juicy so much tea i'm also talking shit on alcohol oh yeah Mm -hmm. all right patreon.com slash millennial is where you will be able to hear all of that today thanks everybody for listening i'm andrew i'm laura and i'm pamela bye everybody see ya you made me be-